Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome once again to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach podcast. And I am here with yet another high demand coach, yay, a a high demand advisor. Uh, Manny Scavofilax is a consultant and speaker that helps his clients successfully navigate the challenges of growing their business. And this is a key word, profitably, right? Growth for the sake of growth is no fun, but growing profitably is what he's all about. Since 2003, Manny's helped businesses enhance their results by using his expertise and experience in strategic planning, financial statement analysis, operations, operational development, and team building. His consulting firm, firm, Portal CFO Consulting, has attracted clients from diverse industries across the United States and abroad. Well, Manny, I'm so excited to have you here today. Mm -hmm. I've been looking forward to our conversation. And uh, before we get into kind of some of the work that you're doing with your clients right now um, and some of the patterns you're seeing, I want to hit rewind for a second and talk about what was happening beforehand? What were you doing before you jumped into this world? And what ultimately led you to, to make the leap into uh, coaching, consulting, advising full-time? Okay. Well, Scott, thank you for having me. You know, I grew up in the restaurant business. My parents immigrated to uh, America from Greece. And as a lot of the immigrants did back in that era, you know, they worked hard, saved their money. And in my parents' case, they started a, a small restaurant. So very early on in life, I got exposed uh, to the economics of the restaurant business. You know, how do you how does it how do you determine what to charge? What does it cost? How do you make a living in there? What are all the risks? So that was really the humble beginning, and I found that I had a knack for it. I was I was attracted to it. It kept my interest. So from that uh, humble beginning, I. Uh, worked uh, through school. And then I ended up going into banking because I I made the decision to change from the restaurant business and go into a more professional, you know, line of work, corporate line of work. So I worked as a banker for nine years. I went through a training program that trained me on financial statement analysis, which is what I use in my career. And then I left and put on my consulting hat. And for the last 20 years, I've worked as a consultant. Wow. Fantastic. So fast forwarding that, it's been 20 years now. What would you say is some of the most important work that you do for your clients today? Uh, I, I help them realize that they don't have to have a degree in finance. They can continue to focus on their trade and they can plug in help as they need it. Uh, that's the most satisfying thing is when they understand that, hey, it's okay 
to plug this person in for, you know, for CFO help, for marketing help, for this help. I don't have to do it all myself. Mm. And how would you, how do you help them kind of walk between, because there is a certain amount of, you need to know enough, at least to pick the right person, right? Because I mean, Mm -hmm. you and I know from being in this industry that the the folks who are the best marketers uh, or at marketing themselves as a coach or consultant, aren't always necessarily the best coaches and consultants. So how do you kind of draw the line between what they do need to know themselves, right? It's just kind of pay to play to, you know, it's uh, part of getting in the game of entrepreneurship versus what they can trust uh, and trust to someone else. That's a great question. 90% of my clients, Scott, are great at their trade and only about 10% of them, in my experience, have some kind of idea about the financial aspects of their business. And I'm not going to be able to learn your business model hundred percent the way you know it. You know, this is your uh your baby, your experience. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna rely on you to share with me what your comfort level is. You know, a lot of people are not big fans of delegating, you know, but they have to slowly learn that, hey, you know, it's okay. So they go at their own kind of measured pace. Yeah. Yeah. And um and so as they're going at their pace, they're doing their trade, right? One of the key points uh, that I, I kind of picked up on in your bio is helping them grow their businesses profitably, right? So uh, I, I would assume very few people come to you because they have too much profit, right? Uh, I, would, I would assume that many, not all necessarily, but most come because they're having some kind of a challenge with their profit. What, what would you say um, are the reasons why folks initially call you in? And And the second part of the question would be, what is it that you end up finding underneath that original question underneath the surface? In my opinion, they're calling me because they have questions about the financial well-being of their business. There might not necessarily be anything, you know, wrong. They just have questions and they want to turn to a a financial professional. And in my opinion, what I give them is peace of mind. They have told mm. me that over and over again, Scott. And it's the last thing that I Expected to be giving the business owner peace of mind. Uh, one of my clients referred to me as their business therapist, which I was like very, uh, you know, honored by. And I was like, wow, I never thought it, about it that way. So it's peace of mind. And then when you get in there, you know, you're going to teach me the odds and ends. I'm going to have a basic idea of what your particular business is. You are going to educate me on the particulars, the nuts and bolts. And then we're going to use your financial statement. We're going to analyze it together. And that's what I've been taught. I've had great teachers and mentors in my career. We're going to analyze that together and say, okay, um, let's look at your revenue. What, what is the mix of revenue? How much money do you make off of everything you do? Does that make sense? And then we're going to do the same exercise for your expenses. You know, do you, are you getting this bang for the buck that you're expecting for all the expenses you have in your business. Mm. So peace of mind, such a big one, right? Because I think mm-hmm. uh, of all of the things, the one that's most likely to keep folks up at night might be kind of like people problems, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Especially when you've been working with folks for a long time or you work with family, that that's, that's, that's challenging. But very, very close, if not above that, is financial stuff. And, and even if it's going well, What's what I found drives a lot of folks um, to lose sleep at night is they they just don't understand it 
right? The, mm-hmm. You go through high school and no one teaches you how to read a PNL, right? right. You, you, you hear about a balance sheet and it's like, this, this makes no sense at all. And there's just a fear mm-hmm. from the unknown that comes in that. Uh, how would you say, as you're seeing peace of mind show up for them, first, where do you feel like it comes from, right? As you're doing this work. And then two, what does that do uh, in you know, kind of in their life and in their business once they have it? You know, in my opinion, Scott, I make my living by answering the phone. So I try to answer the phone all the time when a client's calling. If they have something that's really hot on their mind, um, they're welcome to call me anytime they want. Some of them pick me up on it. They'll call me up at 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday because they had something that was bothering them. I gave them a quick answer that they needed. It uh, gave them that peace of mind and put their fears at ease. So I think that's the biggest thing is the don't let that thought linger in their minds too long. Mm. You know, give them a reasonable response, a quick one if you can. Right, right. And uh, a second part of that is, you know, what does what does that peace of mind do for folks? Because I, I, you know, I would assume, and and maybe I'm wrong with this, but I don't think people come saying, "Hey." Uh, I want peace of mind, right? They want financial mm-hmm. advice. They want to understand, yeah. but what they get out of it is peace of mind. And so I would assume that it probably takes them by surprise a little bit as well. But how do you see that showing up in their lives uh, once they've achieved it? You know, there's so much there's so much pressure on the business owner. You know, you're you're responsible for so many things. You know, your employee, uh, your employees, you know, your efforts in the community, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of pressure. And then there's a rule of thumb that says for every employee that you have, there's 10 people that depend on that employee. So mm. if you have 10 employees, hundred people are depending on you. That's a lot of pressure. And when they can check, you know, it's hard enough when you have sales and, and, and the difficulty and ups and downs of the sales process, if you throw in ups and downs on the financial side, it can be overwhelming. So if you can at least help them check that box that, you know what, all these efforts, all this time that I'm putting into my business, it is paying off every month. I'm seeing it in my financial. And actually the real test is I'm seeing it show up in my bank account. That brings them a sense of relief and and satisfaction. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you've been doing this for a long time. Uh, you've looked at a lot of financial statements, right? So mm-hmm. I, I kind of imagine uh, this is the uh, the picture that goes through in my mind is I'm thinking about you sitting down with a client. It's kind of like the matrix. You know what I mean? Like they're looking at that thing <laughs> yeah. and it's just a bunch of gibberish and like looks like Japanese uh-huh. characters and it's all in green and they have no idea what's going on. And, mm-hmm. and you're there seeing the whole thing play out. So <laughs> what are some things that you find that you see inside of a financial statement that a lot of business owners miss? One of them, and I'm sorry to be a little technical, you know, if you take a distribution out of your company, it doesn't show up on your P&L. So for example, if you, your P&L shows that you made $20,000 that month and you took a $10,000 distribution, it's not going to show up. So you're going to think there was 20 available, but the reality wasn't. That's a little sneaky one that you have to know is going to show up on your cash flow statement. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's it's fascinating because, um, and I think you're right with this. I mean, it caught me off guard uh, when I was first looking at ours um, when I was you know CEOing Star Church, but um, 
little businesses, they, they live and die by cash, right? It's just, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's relatively simple. You just go cash in cash out. And, uh, and the, the, uh, you know, the PNL seems like it should explain that, right. It, it should explain, mm -hmm. you know, cash in cash out. And in, you know, 80, 90% of the time it does, right. You pay your, uh, your phone bill and it's cash out. You make a deposit from a sale and it's cash in, but, uh, distributions, um, uh, you know, it, loan repayments, things like that don't show mm -hmm. up on there. And it's a big point of confusion, uh, especially for small business owners. So yeah. is there a simple way that you could explain what's on a PNL, what's on a balance sheet, what's on a, a cash flow statement? Sure. Um, let's take the PNL first. So the PNL is going to show you how much revenue you brought in. Let's just take it for simplicity's sake for one month to for the month of March, how much revenue came into your company and how much expenses went out, which led to the bottom, which is hopefully profit, it better be profit and not loss. So that's it. That's, that's your little scorecard there. What came in, what went out, what was left? The balance sheet is a little more complicated. I like to explain everything very simply. So there's three components of a balance sheet, your total assets, your total liabilities, and your stockholders' equity. So what I share with a business owner that doesn't have you know, a finance degree is your assets are what you own, O-W-N, your liabilities are what you owe, O-W-E, and what's left in that stockholders' equity is, is yours. And that helps, uh, that helps them. Yeah. That's fantastic. Better. Yeah. Fantastic. And the statement of cash flows is a whole different animal because it's complicated. Mm. Uh, I remember when I was first starting out, I had a cheat sheet up in my cube, you know, to explain, you know, what the red was versus the black. I, I, I mean, it was the only way I could do it. I'm a visual learner and it was very confusing. In uh, short and sweet, a statement of cash flows is going to show you, the business owner, how your money is circulating inside the company mm. and whether or not uh, you have enough cash to run that business successfully or whether you're going to need cash. You're going to see it on that statement of cash flows. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic! Excellent, excellent description. I know. Thank you. You know, it, it's it's just overwhelming for folks getting into it because it, none of them seem like it, because you need all three, right? None of them actually mm -hmm. tell you the whole picture. You really do need all yeah. three to make sense of all of it. And uh, and I, I wish our you know, frankly, I wish our school system did a better job at preparing people yeah. for it. But I love that they've got folks like you who can come in. Uh, and, and this is a uh, point I want to make. One of the things I love about the way you're articulating this is you're making all of it really simple, right? Sometimes, uh, you know, if you ever hire a coach or consultant or advisor and they give you explanations that you don't understand, find another one, right? Like find someone nah. who can speak to you in a way that you understand and you'll that because you can't get the peace of mind, even if they give you all the right answers, but you don't understand it. You don't trust that you understand that you won't get that peace of mind that Manny is talking about. So I love, uh, I love the way that you've articulated that. Thank you, Scott. Fantastic. All right. So here's a question I like to ask all of my guests. Uh, and, and it's this, what is the biggest secret that you wish wasn't a secret at all? What's that one thing that you wish everybody listening today knew? All right. 
So in my opinion, it would be that you can continue to be profitable as you grow your business. That's there's no reason why you should all of a sudden start losing your money, start losing money in your business and blame it on the fact that I'm growing fast. Mm. So there's no reason for you to lose money as you're growing. You can yeah. monitor everything you need to monitor and you can continue to stay profitable as you grow that business. Yeah, that is so true. It's, uh, you know, it is, it's very possible to not do that, but it's not necessary <laughs> to do it. Right. So right. Uh, I, I love that because one of the things is a little pet peeve of mine is the whole loss leader thing. It's like, well, Uber's yeah. doing it. It's like, well, Uber has a billion dollars of funding and you, yes. you don't. Uh, so I, I love that. Right. Uh, you know, the vast, vast, vast majority of businesses are funded by the quarters found in your couch, you know, not the yeah. the big investment bankers uh, and VCs around the world. So um, in, in that case, especially, it's so important to preserve cash. And it's, it, it's again, going back to this idea of peace of mind, right? If you get the thing that you want, I want to grow my business, but it comes at the cost of profitability, you know, it, it that, it, yeah, it's very, very confusing for folks. So uh, I love that. Such a great point. Uh, I want to turn things around for you a little bit. I'm going to have you take mm -hmm. off your advisor hat here for a moment, right. your CFO hat. I'm going to have you put on your CEO hat uh, as principal of Portal CFO. I'd love for you to talk to us about what the next stage of growth looks like for you, your business, and uh, and what challenges you think you'll have to overcome to get there. Okay. My business model, I refer to it as a traditional business model, for lack of a better term, where you know you would somehow, some way, uh, get a lead and you would make a phone call and then you would go out and meet that uh, human being in person and you would develop some kind of, you know, hopefully good rapport. And then the relationship would, um, you know, proceed from there. So that's how it was. Now, how it is with technology, it's a whole new ball game, especially mm -hmm. with the acceptance of these you know, Zoom meetings, which by the way, they've been around for 30 years, but they were very complicated to use. So only big companies were using them. Now we have some simple tools, but I found that it's hard to build the same kind of rapport yeah. uh, with a solely online relationship. And I'm trying to do my best to, you know, kind of get with the plan, the program here and try to do a better job of increasing my online uh, visibility and trying to establish relationships solely online. Yeah. Wow. And that, that that's that's a big challenge, you know, to do. And yeah. then you know, it's hard I find to to establish the same kind of trust. Yeah. And isn't it interesting that um you can, it's kind of similar to the last point, but you can get what you want and not what you need, right? So someone over Zoom. Mm -hmm can get your insights on their PNL, right? Just as easy as anybody else. Like there's there's yes. virtually zero loss in that. But mm -hmm. do they leave that conversation with the peace of mind that somebody locally or, you know, in person would get? You know, there's there's just something yeah. about that uh offline conversation if you will that actually brings mm -hmm. so much of the 
so much of that intangible, but very, very important value. So, well, thanks for sharing with us. Uh, I think that's a challenge that a lot of service providers and professionals are, are, are faced with. And it's always nice to know that you're not alone. You know, it's, it's nice okay. to know that there are other folks doing the same thing. And, um, and so with that, Manny, it was just an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Loved uh, just you. the insight and simplicity about the way you, you, you took really complex things and you made them simple for us. And that's not easy to do. So I thank you for that. Thank you, Scott. So glad that you are here. And for everyone listening and watching, your time and attention mean the world to us. I hope this conversation was as helpful for you as I know it was for me. And I cannot wait to see you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.